my friends, basketball is back. And so is DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, is celebrating the return to the hardwood by giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Playing daily fantasy sports is easy, especially with basketball. All you got to do is pick your lineup of pro basketball players, stay under the salary cap, and rack up some points for three-pointers, for rebounds, for assists, and more. Score big, and you could be able to score some cash as well. Go to DraftKings.com and use the promo code WMVP. Score big, and you can score some cash, and with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes, it's the perfect time to show off your basketball IQ. DraftKings is safe and secure and reliable. The best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings app and use the promo code WMVP. This week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with your first deposit. That's code WMVP, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome in, my friends, to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. I am Jonathan Hood, and don't forget you can find this podcast on Spotify. Look for the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. Subscribe to this podcast, that way you never miss anything NBA, you never miss anything WNBA, you never miss anything college basketball. If you love basketball, you come to the right place, because basketball is hood. This is a special podcast for you, the Bulls fan, as the Bulls defeat the Pistons in the first game of the season. And not a surprise to me that the Bulls beat the Pistons. There's no Kate Cunningham, the number one overall draft pick. It is the Jeremy Grant show in Detroit, that is for sure. No question about that. But the Bulls win over the Pistons. And just like some of these early games you see in the regular season, okay, it's not going to be a work of art. It's not a work of art, but I know Billy Donovan will hang this win on his wall. And so the Bulls win. And not a surprise that Zach Levine came through 34 points in 35 minutes. He had four assists and seven rebounds for the Bulls. Also, when I look at this whole season, this season's not about solely getting to the playoffs. The season for me, watching the Bulls, is about how this Bulls team will be able to work around Zach Levine and work with Zach Levine. And what I mean is, Zach Levine in his career has been a one-man band. I think that you and I both know that if you've followed his career the man has not even won five or six games in a row, I believe, in his career. I believe that's the stat. And so I was just happy that the Bulls front office was able to do something different. You know, in the past, under Gar Foreman and John Paxson, the big splash the Bulls would have had is, ladies and gentlemen, Alex Caruso. And ladies and gentlemen, here's Alize Johnson. Here's Javante Green. And that would have been the big splash for the Bulls. But no, 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 not this time. No, not this time. Because what we're seeing here with this Bulls team under... Uh, our Karnaschovas, as well as Mark Eversley, is that they're putting their best foot forward and saying, okay, we know Levine is a scorer, but who else can score around him? And so I was happy with the acquisition of DeMar DeRozan. You know, he does not shoot the ball well from three-point range, but he can't score. That's the point. Like, yeah, okay, he's under 30% from three, but that's not his game. His game is mid-range shorty and going to the basket and being able to draw fouls. That's what he does. And so I was happy to see DeRozan out there with his 17 points and his seven rebounds because that needed to happen for this Bulls team. 
And then from there, Vucevic, a walking double-double. He had 15 points and 15 rebounds. Uh, he wasn't 100% sharp because he had some issues with the officials early. You could see that early in the game where there was some ticky-tack fouls. That's going to be happening early in the season, and Vucevic did not like that. He had to be pulled from an official at one point. I was like, is this guy going to get kicked out the first game? He was intense. Uh, I was like, oh, God. And then Lonzo Ball, I'm happy that the Bulls found a lead guard. Whatever you saw from Lonzo Ball early in his career, he's evolved from that. Lonzo Ball, and I watched him with New Orleans, and if you listen to this podcast, you know I talked to Joel Myers, the veteran voice of the New Orleans Pelicans. Go into the archives of this podcast. You will find my conversation with um, Joel Myers the day the Bulls made the acquisition to get uh, Lonzo Ball. And I asked him, I said, Joel, What's up with Lonzo Ball with the Pelicans? And he, you know, he loved Lonzo because his shooting has gotten better and his distribution of the basketball is something that's needed for this team. He liked it when uh, Ball worked with Zion and others in New Orleans, and he says he's going to be a real quality player for the Bulls. And I trust Joel Myers because he's been around the game for such a long time. My colleague from SiriusXM NBA Radio. So Lonzo Ball had 12 points. He had six rebounds and four assists. Again, he is going to stuff the stat sheet by, first of all, distributing the basketball, passing it, making others better, rebounding the ball, and also getting his offensively. He'll have better shooting nights, I'm sure, than what he had on Wednesday night against the Detroit Pistons. And Patrick Williams, the kid, again, 19, 20 years old. My ceiling for him is Jimmy Butler. If he's a guy that can be able to first develop his defensive prowess and then find his shooting, man, I mean, he could be a terrific two-way player in this league. But that's the ceiling. I don't know what the floor is for him, but Patrick Williams, is, I think, could be a nice, solid piece for this Bulls team. And then off the bench, Io DeSumo. Remember, there's no Kobe White, so DeSumo came in and he scored back-to-back baskets. Uh, the Bulls were very opportunistic getting steals and blocks as well on the Pistons. DeSumo was in there. He had a couple of rebounds, had seven points. That's good, uh, a nice bench contribution. And then uh, Caruso. Alex Caruso is going to be a crowd pleaser for this team. Uh, LeBron James will miss him for sure. He will miss him. And I know that's like, oh, who are we talking about Caruso? He's a max player. He's a max effort player, meaning that he has to do a lot of things well. He defended very well against the Pistons on Wednesday night. You know, you know people download the box score and didn't watch the game. They'd be like, ah, three points, three assists, three rebounds. Nah, that guy does a lot of good things defensively for the Lakers. And now with the Bulls, I think people will appreciate his hard hat and lunch pail with this Bulls team. So the Bulls win against the Pistons. I'm not surprised at the result. But, you know, again, for the first game, the Bulls beating a team that they're supposed to beat, and I'm totally fine with that. But ultimately, it's about the players around Zach Levine. DeRozan, Vucevic, uh, Ball, uh, Kobe White when he returns, uh, Alex Caruso. Uh, the team is a little small. I've been saying that a lot if you listen to this podcast. I know you might be tired of me saying that, but the team is a little uh, short. Uh, I know a lot of teams are going shorter. It's not You don't have the big plotting center in there all the time unless he's special. Uh, but the Bulls are a little bit short, a little bit small. But I like that they have a number of guys that can shoot the basketball. It doesn't have to necessarily be the Zach Levine show every single night. Uh, and I'm sure that Zach Levine appreciates that himself. So 
Good to see the Bulls on the winning effort, and let's see how this develops. This, my friends, I predict will be a playoff team, not a play-in team. Uh, if they are blessed with good health, this will not be a lottery team. Looking at this roster, this is a top eight team in the East. I don't believe Charles Barkley on TNT when he said like the Bulls are like top four, top three. I mean, you have too many good teams like the Nets and the um, the Sixers with or without Ben Simmons and uh, looking at the champs, the Milwaukee Bucks. So there's some good teams uh, ahead. Atlanta's getting better. Knicks getting better. So the Bulls will be in the top eight. And will they be top four? That would surprise me. Here is Bulls head coach Billy Donovan. I just think that we got to get out and give give each other opportunities to advance. I thought we like the, the to me the greatest strength of our team offensively is our ability to pass the basketball and share it. We're really unselfish, but when we don't really get out and fly, it's hard to get that in the game against half court defensive teams that, that are set. Um, I do think to your point, there, there was moments where you know both teams, you know, kind of. The officiating and I do think some of the things that they're talking about now in terms of you know all the advantages used to be for the shooter you know and it was very very hard to play defense now you know those those same kind of calls they're 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 adjusting to and we have to adjust to those things I thought that the the officiating both way with ways was fine I mean like any game they're gonna miss calls but um that impacted us but I think it being the first game I was really happy that we gave ourselves a chance to win not playing very well on offense. That, to me, was the, the positive. And I, I think a lot of times when people sit there and say, well, you're going to score, you're going to score. This is the hardest part to for us to figure out because they're all used to offenses running through them. Zach last year, Vooch in Orlando, and even DeMar. The beauty about those three guys is they're so unselfish that they don't necessarily – they're not all looking for that. But they're tr- it's it's a little bit different for all of them. We got to coexist off each other a little bit better than we did. But the willingness to pass is there. Was it then important for Zach to kind of be a little bit selfish and kind of take over the game like he did in the fourth on both ends? I mean, he looked like defensively he was very active. He was really great defensively. I thought Demar was good defensively. Our primary guys did a great job. I thought Pooch a couple times the roller got behind him, but for the most part, he did a really nice job. Um, you're going to have breakdowns in the game. Um, I thought Zach really worked on both ends of the floor. And I, and I do think, like, even for Zach, he has an awareness out there. Okay, I'm playing with DeMar. I'm playing with Vooch. I'm playing with Zon. I got these guys. And now he's like, okay, how do I now not have to feel like the load is all on my shoulders that I got to make the play? How do I now incorporate what we're playing? And this is going to be, the, the I think, the learning curve for us. But the thing I feel good about is they all believe and trust that we have to play that way for the group to be successful. Now, there's certainly times where you're going to ISO guys and put them in situations on matchups. But um, we had some really great possessions. We had that one possession where the ball went downhill three or four times. We missed an open three. We got to play to the basket. You know, I think we had eight assists and nine turnovers in the first half. We did not get to the free throw line at all. And we're going to have to put pressure at the basket because when we do that, we can spray the ball out. Billy, that, that I.O. flurry in the third quarter, was that a reflection of Troy not being able to go? Or- Troy was ready to go. I don't want to say – I just, you know, in my opinion, when he was out there um, – you know, and I did not talk to him. It was just really my eyes. So I don't want to sit there and say that there was anything wrong with him. He was cleared to play. He could have played. Um, I just, you know, I just didn't feel great with that group. There's no nothing against Troy. I didn't do anything. It was just more my decision and to see if we can kind of get some pop in the game a little bit just because, you know, we'd gotten a little bit stagnant. And I gave him an opportunity. I thought when he got in there, some good things happened. He did some really good things. So it was it was great to see him out there. But 
you know, Troy, you know, I think going through what he'd gone through, you know, not being able to eat, um, he probably wasn't himself. I don't, I'm not passing judgment. He was, or he wasn't, but I, I'm hard to believe when you don't eat for two days, you're going to feel great. Um, but it, it's fine. He Troy's an important part to our team. And in the closing lineup, you went with, is that a lineup that you're comfortable with? And then you had Patrick kind of coming in for some I thought the, I thought the, the, the challenge there, and, and Alex is a great defender, and I think he's guarded so many different people, but I just felt like they were going to really try to post Alex on, on Jeremy Grant, you know, and the dilemma is you got a guy like Patrick, who's obviously got a lot more length than, than Alex, but like Alex is an elite tough defender and, you know, he got his fifth and I just, I wanted to get Patrick off because I'd played him a long stint. And if we wanted to have him close on Jeremy Grant, I wanted him to have some, to be somewhat rested, but I really thought Alex did a pretty good job. You know, he shot it over him one time and then Patrick, when he got in there, did a good job, but that was really the thing that I was thinking about at the end of the game of like, which one of those two guys, I, I thought if, they started to post Jeremy the last three or four minutes of the game, and we were just having a hard time with that. I probably would have brought Patrick in sooner, but I thought with them, him on the perimeter, Grant driving, you know, Alex did a nice job with his feet. Do you think Zach took a step up today as kind of like a being the star, being the leader that who can? Well, I think the, you know that, that's. I think he's. I think he's grown and like listen, the, the shots that he made and things that he does athletically and talent wise. I think people have seen that for years out of him. You know, he's always kind of had that. I think he's looking at things at and, and through a different lens. And you know, I, I I said this maybe a week or two ago. You know, his 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 voice is there. There's there's a different messaging coming from him. Um, in, in a really, really good way. I think he sees things in a, in a different way now, you know, based on his experiences. And I think, you know, I've always said this, you know, his experience going through the Olympic situation, you know, being his first all-star, I think being around those level players, being able to talk, pick those guys' brain, I, th- I, I think he's just, he's very eager to learn, he's very eager to grow. And I think that he really maximized this summer for himself to, to really learn and grow. And he's... Yes, sir. Zach Levine with a big time slam. You heard from Billy Donovan, the head coach for the Bulls there as the Bulls win over the Pistons 94 to 88. Other news in the NBA we'll talk about briefly, and that is with uh, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, uh, as I'm sure you've heard the news now, he was at practice for the Philadelphia 76ers. And the guy came in with sweatpants and everyone else was in uniform and he had his cell phone in his pocket. And Doc Rivers asked him, hey, could you just, you know, take your cell phone out of your pocket and can you just run this drill? He refused twice and he got thrown out of practice, did Ben Simmons. Doc Rivers, Chicago Zone, was like, get your ass out of practice, baby. And he threw him out of practice. Ben Simmons, what does he want? He wants out of Philadelphia so badly. Now he's suspended for one game. It's just amazing. Look, there's one thing that you can have player empowerment in the NBA. It's another when it's just bad business. And it's on both sides, right? So the 76ers have not found a deal to get Simmons out of there just yet. He's still lingering around. And Ben Simmons is doing whatever he wants to do. And that's just not right. Um, You're pouting. You're in a great situation with the 76ers. But Joel Embiid says, you know what? I don't want this guy around. The Sixers don't want Ben Simmons around. And it's too bad because Ben Simmons has the ability to be a tremendous, great player. There's a lot of things well. A guy that is a, a premier defender. Uh, someone that can be able to give you a double-double a night 
but doesn't want to go to the foul line, doesn't want to shoot threes, and that's just unfortunate because he could be so much better uh, for the 76ers team. But with him lingering and being around the team, he just brings a negative vibe. And again, the Sixers need to trade him, and Ben Simmons needs to either conform or just stay away from the team. You come to practice, you got your cell phone in your pocket, and you're, run, you're trying to run plays, uh, that just holds the Sixers back. It doesn't make sense. Stephen A. Smith was with Jay Williams on first take, and they were talking about the whole 76ers-Ben Simmons situation. You got to remember what Ben Simmons said. I don't give a damn where I go, as long as it's not to back to Philadelphia. So, okay, I got 29 other teams that I could look to hustle out of some compensation in order to get what I want. Now, I'm not saying that Portland made an official offer because they never did. They never called Philadelphia and said, you know what, uh, uh, here's the offer officially. No. But there was a scuttlebutt about C.J. McCollum and Robert Covington and a couple of picks. We know Minnesota desperately wants it because with A-Rod and, their new, and, and, and his new partner, they're trying to make a splash and get Ben Simmons to Minnesota. But as far as I'm concerned, you ain't talking Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Edwards. What are you talking about yeah, here? So, exactly. Yeah. I mean, please, that ain't going to cut it. So what are you going to do to get rid of them? you got to get something in return. You had an opportunity to go and get Harden for him, but ultimately Brooklyn came in at the 11th hour, 59th minute, which you know, and they got James Harden because if James Harden didn't end up in Brooklyn, he was going to go to Philly with Darryl Moore. He still might end up there next year, by the way, because mm. he ain't signed no extension, so let's not rule all of that out. If you're Darryl Moore and them, you have options, so your option of Ben Simmons possibly sitting down for the year, I think, let me tell you why that makes sense. Because if you sit Ben for the year, right, and James Harden tells Brooklyn, I want out, and I want to go to Philly with Daryl Morey. Bam. Bam. That's what you can do. Ben, James Harden is not going to do that right now. He's not going to do that in the throes of this season. But at the end of this season, if things don't work out, could James Harden decide to do that, to reunite with Daryl Morey? You're damn right. Is Daryl Morey banking on something of that magnitude? You're damn right he is. And so as a result of that, that's another incentive as to why you would want Ben Simmons to try and come back. Because you have options, but the options might be a bit delayed. On Wednesday night, it wasn't Lonzo Ball. It was LaMelo Ball from Charlotte. He was cooking. It's a different team. As Ball hits him. He made it look easy. And a 6 nothing lead for the Pacers as Ball lets it fly. Hornets were 33-39 last year. That's another turnover. And Ball... when Quinn Buckner said, uh-oh, layup, yeah, that was the Indiana Pacers uh, television network. Uh, they were not happy. And the reason why is because LaMelo Ball had a tremendous game for the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte beat Indiana 123-122. LaMelo Ball had 31 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 7 for 9 from 3-point range. You say, what's the big deal, Hood? Why is that a big deal? LaMelo is 20 years old and 59 days. He is the youngest player in NBA history to record at least 30 points, 5 assists, and 5 rebounds in a season opener. 
Um, that works. Uh, the only other guy, Lamar Odom, he was 19. John Drew was 20. Uh, and so LaMelo Ball, the third youngest player and with 30 points in a season opener in NBA history. He made history. LaMelo Ball getting it done for the Charlotte Hornets. Thanks so much for listening to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. And also, the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by Manscaped.com. Guys, you know you need some help with some grooming, men's grooming. You know, down there, your balls will thank you. <laughs> Make sure you check it out. Manscaped.com. Get 20% off by using the promo code HOOD, my last name, H-O-O-D. Just go to Manscaped.com. Because they're supporting this podcast, so I want you to support them as well. I think it's a great gift for someone that you know, and definitely a great gift for you. Even I've got it. Um, I, I smell better down there. I uh, have the lawnmower 4.0 because I need to clip it um, you know, down there. Uh, so check it out, manscaped.com, promo code HOOD. I'll talk to you next time with another edition of the Another Hood Basketball Podcast uh, brought to you uh, by DraftKings and manscaped.com.